Hey, it's Junk Band here, and on the uh, line with me, a band I've been really, really all about here uh, for a long time now. Uh, I've gotten to see him a couple of times. I got Mark LaBelle, lead singer for Dirty Honey. How you doing, Mark? Doing good. Thanks for having me. Good. Uh, glad you could call in and uh, and talk to us about Dirty Honey. Man, you guys are just blowing it up, man. Now, I, I was reading... Yeah, man. Well, I've seen you guys live a couple of times. I saw you last year at the Aftershock Festival in Sacramento for the first time. And I was with my girlfriend, and we were I was listening to your band. I'm like, wow, this band has got such a great retro groove, almost like an Aerosmith thing. And as soon as I said that, you guys busted into an Aerosmith song. And I was like, whoa, okay, cool. Got that one right. And then I saw you guys again um, at the Sonic Temple Festival in in Columbus, Ohio, and I know you guys have been everywhere, man, just, you know, touring all over the place. I read something about your band that you were the first unsigned band to top the mainstream rock songs chart. Is that the, is that the case? That is the case. I don't think it's ever happened before, um, period. So, um, you know, it's, it's a pretty cool, it's a pretty cool accomplishment, and, um, you know, certainly that wasn't the... Uh, that wasn't the um, initial sort of plan to be an unsigned band. You know, we've definitely tried to, to work some things out, but uh, they didn't for whatever reason. And, um, you know, that's just a situation. And it's nice to, it's nice to sort of break new ground, you know? Well, it's, it's cool because it's not like it used to be back in the day where you needed a record label to get your music heard, you know, and all the backing and things like right. that. Now you can actually do it yourself, and there's places like here and other spots, you know, all over the place where people can hear Dirty Honey music, you know. So it's uh, it's awesome. I've been watching the videos, and I've been playing it on my show, and it's just uh, it's it's great. I've seen it live a couple of times. Looking forward to hopefully seeing it in a club because I know you guys are going to be doing some touring. But uh, before we get into that, um, tell a little bit about you know about the band, where you're from, how you guys got together a little bit. Just uh, we'll start it out with that. Yeah, um, yeah we um, you know we we all sort of met. Uh, everybody sort of moved to LA with the exception of Justin, who's the only LA native. Um, you know, everybody was sort of just a gigging musician, you know, young, you know, trying to live the dream um, in L.A., Hollywood or whatever. And, and we were fortunate enough to meet each other and, and start something. But I met John uh, at a gig one night and we hit it off and decided to, you know, try and start a project together, an original project. We had a lot of similar tastes, um, musically. And then uh, he introduced me to Justin on bass, who, you know, fit in perfectly. And Justin was kind of got this to a drummer, Corey, too. So that was sort of how it all, how all the dominoes sort of fell. And, and once uh, once that lineup was intact, we, um, you know, we gave it the name Dirty Honey and, and started doing gigs on our own. So it's uh, it's an interesting little ride we've, we've taken together. Now, was it was there like a, a blueprint on the style that you guys wanted to do, or was it just something that just came about? Yeah, it was just it just sort of came about, and you know, it, it, there were other, you know, John and I have been the main things um, in trying to figure out the other two pieces of the puzzle for a long time. Um, but yeah, we, uh, you know, it, it took a little bit of ironing out to find the right, the right guys, you know, um, who's who had the same interests and tastes, and, and more, more than anything, wanted to be in a, a band. Mm -hmm. Now, was everything uh, kind of you know, written? There's a lot, there's a, 
Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say there's a big sidemen community in L.A. You know, like uh, <clears throat> any night you could go out and see uh, Beyonce's guitar player or drummer or something yeah. doing a gig where like that, that stuff is really prominent in L.A. And it's intense because, you know, you can, you can make $2,000, 3000 or 5000 $6,000 a week, you know, playing for some big artist and, and, and put your own dreams aside, um, you know, and, and not really accomplish anything artistic. Years ago, mine got this great resume working with great artists and touring, and uh, you know, you know, I'm kind of losing your your phone signal just a little bit, man. I don't know if you're in a spot that uh, I can hear. I it's oh, kind really? of fading. Yeah, there you go. It's much better there. Here. Much better there. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, no, I was just saying. You know, there's a lot of people out there that that, that take the sidemen route and. You know, they hit uh, 40 years old or something. We, we know a lot of these older guys who were like, man, I wish I, you know, took the risk myself and, and started a band. And, you know, they, you, you can be hired and fired at any moment, you know, in that world. And, uh, exactly. Just it's not, it's, it was never my, that was never my dream, you know. Good. You always had just original. Now, now the music that that you brought to uh, when you guys got together was a lot of this stuff previously written, or did you write it all together? Um, Down the Road was the only one that was previously written that I pretty much just wrote before I met anybody. Um, when I'm Gone was kind of a, John and I were, you know, working one out over, over a pretty long period of time. And then Heartbreaker was one that Justin and I just worked on religiously, like once or twice a week to try and find the right melodies and grooves and chords. We, we knew we had a great riff with that one. And yeah. Didn't, didn't really have much else, you know, and it took a lot of ironing out to get that one just just so we wanted it. And then uh, Scars was another John riff uh, that I, I've been laboring over for quite some time. And, and Break You and um, what's the other one? Rolling Sevens were, were the last two that, uh, you know, we, we sort of wrote while doing pre-production before going to make the record in Australia. Well, you said the magic word with riffs because that's the first thing that really got me was that, you know, I'm a, I'm a drummer, so I hear a guitar riff that I like and that's just got my attention before anybody, before, you know, before you even sing a, sing anything, I'm hearing, a, I'm hearing a riff and that, this band right here is very, very, very riff heavy and I love that and that's, uh, again, yeah. that's, that's what kind of opened my eyes to Dirty Honey. So. Yeah, and I think that's, that's a, a constant with any band that I like, whether it's the Stones or Zeppelin or yeah, Aerosmith you know, or, most of them, most yeah, of them, yeah. yeah. But every now and then, there's yeah, one that doesn't. You gotta have a great you know? riff. Yeah, you gotta have a great riff. You gotta have uh, a great chorus. You gotta have great lyrics. I mean, the whole thing's gonna be great and nice and tight. Um, you know, and when you wanna when you wanna jam, you know, you do like a how many more times type type of thing, or can't you hear me knocking type thing? Like, hey, there's always room for that too. You, you know, you you can explore that that narrative as well it's just um you know the, the songs that are quote-unquote radio friendly are going to be a little tighter you know right well i tell you man uh, this you can hear anywhere and you can get into it man if you're a rock fan this is what i'm talking about this is what's going on as far as i'm concerned so you know you guys are right there at the top of the heap with with a couple of others and it's just it's a really really refreshing thing for me dude i'm 58 years old and i hear something like this and this is just got me, you know. It's just it's hypnotizing Good. to me. So I love, I love what you guys do. 
So let's uh, let's crank up let's crank up the big hit right now. I mean, there's a there's a bunch that I love, and I'm going to try to play as many of them as possible. But you know, when I'm gone is the one. Is that the basically the one that uh, that hit the top of the mainstream rock charts? That's it seems to be. That's the one. Yeah. That's the one. Yeah, and it's fun, man. Like ever since it's uh, caught caught some fire, you know, like you go to shows now and people are singing along. Yep. You know, know every word. It's, it's really cool. It's really yep. cool to see. Now, tell us a little bit about the song. How did that this one come about? What's it about? And things like that. I mean, is it the classic? Is it yeah. the classic story? I'm out of here, or you know, in a relationship, or you know, <laughs> hey, talk about it. It's, no, it's 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 funny. I mean, it's got a really um, different meaning to me than than you know to, to what you just said. A lot of people think it's about a girl or whatever. It's it's definitely not to me. Um, but uh, yeah, I love that people say that. You know, I love I just I love that. I love that the mixed meetings and the, the double entendres yeah. in music. But uh, that one started with a, another John riff. He, he had this... Yep. We just all thought it was awesome. And then uh, worked on it. You know, we had a great riff. We had a great verse. And, and the chorus kind of came, you know, maybe even a couple months later, um, we kind of plugged that in and, and, and thought it was really something really, really strong. Um and yeah, once we once we figured out the arrangement of it, the full thing, we knew it was pretty pretty good. But then uh, that was the one that our manager heard, and she said, "This is a big, big rock song." Right yep. Here. So. Yep. And it definitely it, it definitely comes out as you said, you know, live. People are singing along. People know it. It's one of those songs you can instantly, instantly get into. I turned a lot of people onto it yeah. for the first time, and every one of them said, yeah, that's the one. That's the one that's got me. And then I turned them on, and the rest of the songs are just like, yeah, okay, this is not a one-hit band. This is a band that has material. So let's crank this one up. Yeah, you know, and, and we... Go ahead. Go ahead, yeah. Hell yeah. Well, no, me. Continue your thought, what you were just well, saying. No, I was just going to say, um, you know, the to your point about the wrestling music, you know, that was kind of the, uh, the philosophy was to go in and make, make, you know, however many songs great and, and make sure that, uh, there's no fat, you know, you want everything to hit people over the head and make them say, hell yeah, you know? Well, you so, know, na- you nailed it on you everything know, that I've heard. Whether it's Scars or Rolling Sevens or When I'm Gone or whatever, they all, they all had to be at a, at a certain level and, um, you know, we were really happy with what we walked out with. Well, you definitely nailed it, man, on everything that I've heard so far. So let's crank this up. Hang on the line just for a second. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pod you down here a little bit, and I'm going to crank up the tunes. But this is brand new from Dirty Honey. It's on their EP. Um, we will be talking a little bit more in just a moment with uh, singer Mark LaBelle, who's on the line. And, uh, yeah, crank this up, guys. This is When I'm Gone, brand new from Dirty Honey.
All right. Cool. There you go, man. The, the big hit single with a bullet right there. That's When I'm Gone from Dirty Honey. <laughs> and on the line, again, I got uh, singer Mark LaBelle from Dirty Honey. Nice work, my friend. Again, I, uh, I, I really, really get into Dirty Honey tunes. So that one right there, rightly so, the one to start out with. But, uh, man, you guys are going to be everywhere. You're going to be touring. I understand you're going to be doing some shows with Guns N' Roses. That's really got to really blow your mind as a young band. Yeah, that was uh, when we got the news to that. There's actually a good story with that one. We were out with uh, Black, you know, some bass with him, and um, we finished up with the Ryman and Nashville. And he kind of looked at me, you know, we were about to call it ways, and he was like, this is it, huh? This is the last, last show for you guys? And we were like, yeah. He was like, well, you know, I got to see on the you know, down the line. And then uh, he kind of said it, you know, with, with a little smile on his face. And the next day we got the news, hey, you're opening the Guns N' Roses the last two nights of their not-in-this-lifetime tour. So in Vegas, and uh, that was, it was a dream come true, man, obviously. So we're, we're, what, we're almost 10 days out from that now, so yeah, we're getting pretty excited. That's got to be just completely uh, a dream again. That, that's all you can say is it's a dream come true for any band to open up a, for a for a legendary band like that, especially in that place, you know, it's like Caesar's Palace, right? That's at the at the at the uh, at the Coliseum yeah, over there. Little, uh, yeah, the little theater. It's only like four thousand people, so um, wow, it's gonna be awesome. Over the we're, top, we're really over the top, man, over the top. Now, how about uh, some other stuff too? You're gonna be doing some other um, club shows or some more festival shows and things like that. Yeah, we're going out right after that. We're going out and doing our own little headline tour, uh, you know, starting in Phoenix, doing Albuquerque, Texas, Denver, and then swinging back to California and doing, like, Reno, Sacramento, San Diego, and, and finishing off at the Troubadour um, in L.A. So I think that show's already sold out. I'm not yep. sure, but... Um, Pretty sure. That's like, what, right around, Thanksgiving, but, uh, right around Thanksgiving time, correct? Yeah, right before, so... Um, I've never played there before, and so that's going to be an exciting night, too. That's actually right up there with the Guns N' Roses thing for me. So. You know what's funny? Uh, back in the day, I saw Guns N' Roses when they were in that same position you were. Guess where I saw them? Troubadour. <laughs> no way. Way. I love it. <laughs> so there you go. You're following <laughs> suit, you know? What I mean? It's just, you know, following following, <laughs> following the path, you know? So it's pretty cool. Good band, good band to follow. Oh yeah, absolutely. Now that's gonna be that, that's gonna be right around Thanksgiving time when you when you end up over there. I believe it's the 29th, I think, of November. I don't know. You can find all this uh, stuff out on DirtyHoney.com, right? Yeah, that one's November 22nd. 22nd. Okay. Well, it's right before Thanksgiving, so great. So awesome. Um, you can find out anything you want to on DirtyHoney.com. You can find them on Facebook and Spotify and. All the other places where people find music these days, you know, which is awesome. I, I love it. I, 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 you know, it's great that you don't need record labels, although they're nice to have, you know, <laughs> to get your music yeah, out there. Uh, yeah. Well, that's a, that's a uh, double-edged sword. And, you know, uh, I guess the things are going great. They're great. Um, you know, and then sometimes things things could be going great, you know, with a band or an artist and the record they can throw up roadblocks on you. So I've heard all sorts of stories, you know, there's good ones and, and obviously more bad than good, but, um, you know, we're, we're happy with the position we're in, you know, it's, it's, uh-huh. it's good. Now, it's 
Is there a lot more songs in the can that are ready to go? I mean, is there a record label? Is there going to be a full-length record that we're going to be hearing anytime soon from Dirty Honey? Let us, you know, do you have any information that you can let us know? We've got um, a pretty rigorous touring schedule coming up. Um, so, a new record, I don't, I don't know. We're, we're going to carve out some time to go back to Australia in the, in the new year, but, um, you know. Wow. When I'm gone to first year Poland, uh, we're, we're looking forward to number two, which is going to be rolling sevens. And, uh, you know, we've got we to gotta work on promo for that before we, you know, go out and cut another record, whether it's a full length or another EP. Well, it's funny you mentioned that particular song because I got it queued up here right now. There's a great video for it. It's called Rolling Sevens. Uh, it was it was filmed partially, you know, a lot of it was filmed in a, in a club in Santa Monica, which you were gr- kind enough to tell me which place it was. I've actually played there before, which is kind of nice. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a cool tune, a great a great video. Um, I see it gets lots of hits and things like that, and rightly so. It's another one of those songs with just great riffs. Tell us a little bit about that particular song, Rolling Sevens. Yeah, that's one, uh, especially in, in terms of the video, like the intro to me just felt like it was a great, we played a lot of shows like that coming up, right, where there's maybe like 25 people at the you know, entire gig all night, and, you know, the band is playing for like three hours, but, you know, we're, we were a really good, you know, live band, we, we did a lot of these three, four-hour shows, like all over L.A. and Camarillo and Ventura County, and, um, you know, so we wanted to make something that was not only representative of one of our like, local shows before anything started happening. So we wanted, you know, we're an L.A. band. We wanted to up the, the game on the cinematography and stuff. And uh, I, I called my buddy Scott Fleischman up. He's a really, really great um, music video director. And we came up with this idea of this girl riding a motorcycle through the desert, going to this cool club um, to see Dirty Honey for a little bit. And... And it all, all these sort of things that happened throughout the video were, were things that would happen like, on a nightly basis at our gigs. You know, fights would break out. People would be going crazy listening to music. Uh, you know, we would play to, like, motorcycle gangs sometimes. It's just all, all this crazy stuff, man. So um, he did a great job directing it. Yeah, he did. And, uh, you know, the video is, is really cool, man. Every, everybody really likes it, so... So again, with the with the with the with the, with, the, with Rolling Sevens, tell me a little bit about you know the like the, does the lyric content on it kind of be about what the video is all about? Yeah, we were just going for like some, some you know very sexual imagery and you know soulful yearning of um, you know a man's yearning for intimacy, you know. And I uh, was sitting at my computer one night, like trying to figure out, you know ways to, to say certain things and, and rolling sevens popped into my head and you know I, I started looking up you know the different meanings of that and you could be hot at the craft table you could be you know rolling, rolling sevens has some, some interesting meanings uh in the urban dictionary so i uh i threw it in there and you know it worked really well and i, I loved like just the, the gambling you know connotation with it too and um, everything sort of like seamlessly fit together really, really nicely. And that one was, was pretty quick and easy to write. Um, you know, and it's just, the words just had to fit the, the groove of the song. And, and that's, that's really what we're going for. Really looking forward to it. Um, seeing it live again. So let's crank it up. Um, hang on the line with us just for a moment. Again, this is, uh, this is Mark LaBelle, singer for Dirty Honey. And this is the brand new one from uh, Dirty Honey. It's called Rolling Sevens. Crank it up right here.
Be right back with Mark in just a moment.
Yeah, baby. New from Dirty Honey. That one's called Rolling Sevens. Rockin' little tune it is. And again, on the air with me on the line, I have uh, Mark LaBelle, lead singer. Nice work, dude. Yes, you do. Thank you. Once again. It's awesome. Now, on the break, we were talking about um, not only that song, the songs that you've been doing. You guys are going over to Australia to record. That's uh, that's interesting. That's usually kind of like in reverse. Usually you go over to Australia to go tour, not to record. How did that all come about? Yeah. Yeah, we have, uh, you know, connect with a great producer over there. Um, they're next to the who, you know, made records for like Raging SDC and STP and uh, Program. And, you know, we had a couple of Skype conversations with him. And then once we crossed some numbers to see what it would cost to get down there, it wasn't really down at all. So we just, we took a risk and, um, you know, it paid off completely. So, and, and, and you know, he's, he lives in paradise and records in paradise. So that helps. Man, whatever he's doing, he's doing it right. So it just, it just sounds great. So it, it didn't take too much convincing to get us to go to Byron Bay. Well, yeah, I bet. So, but uh, man, I'm telling you, have a great time over there. I'm really looking forward to uh, hopefully catching you on this end of the tour. Again, they're going to be uh, all over the West Coast. Just go to DirtyHoney.com. Go to uh, well, you know, social media sites. Look up Dirty Honey. Uh, check them out. Opening up for Guns N' Roses, the last two shows when they're playing at their, uh, in Las Vegas at Caesar's Palace. That's going to be incredible. And, uh, man, I'm telling you, watch them for them in 2020 down the road. Hopefully you'll uh, get that headlining tour pretty soon and be playing those arenas before we know it, right? I like how you, you use down the road, no pun intended. Exactly. <laughs> hey, this is this is what I do, dude. I'm the mouth that roared. You know what I'm saying? So, I hope to, I hope to catch up you uh, catch up to you at, uh, at one of the shows down the road, dude. You guys were always great when I when I met you guys in uh, in Ohio. Just immediately felt it, man. You guys, uh, I'm a big fan. So, can you tell? <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. And Thank I'm going to turn it it's, on to. Uh, I'm going to turn you on to as many people as I possibly can, dude. So, again, have a great time. And uh, I appreciate you calling in. Uh, I'm going to play one more song uh, called Heartbreaker. What, you know, and then we, we talked about that song earlier. A little bit about that particular number. Tell us about uh, just anything you want to about Heartbreaker. Yeah, man. It's, uh, I mean, it's a pretty universal feeling, right? Um, you know, somebody rips your heart out. And uh, you're gonna, you're gonna be pretty angry about it, and you're gonna feel a whole bunch of things. But um, you know, we like I said before, we had this riff that we knew was just a monster riff, and it took a lot of massaging lyrically and, and melodically to, to get it just right. And um, you know, fortunately, we really pulled it all together right before we went to Australia to record, and um, that was that was one of the ones that we you know knew we were going in our in our back pocket, and we just had to get the the sound of it right and the arrangement really dialed in before it was completely done but I, I think we had about 90% of it ready to go by the time uh, you know we hit record and started experimenting with it in the studio but um, yeah that, 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 was, that was a riff that started from, from Justin and uh, you know the moment he showed me it I, I knew it was, it was really cool and it just catches your ear like right away so absolutely uh, you know, I, yeah, that one a long time, long time. So that one's probably that one probably took a year to finish, honestly. Really? Wow. Yeah. It, it, like there were so many different versions of it that no kidding. just weren't perfect. And uh, you know, I could send them to you, but you probably wouldn't want to listen to them. 
Ah, you know what? I love stuff like that. I love hearing like like uh, you know. I do too. Take beat. Take you know. Beat, you know it just, old yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. Yeah. I'm that guy that worked in the record stores for years that had those things. You know, all the bootlegs, everything yeah. like that. So yeah, of course I do. But I love the finished product. I think I think it's important to um, you know recognize that even you know the, the Beatles you hear these finished products that are just so unbelievable and you know every band that you know writes great songs you just hear this finished product that's just amazing and the Beatles did a really nice job of you know letting their fans into their you know their world that when, when they're working on stuff yep. um, throughout the years and you can just hear the hours that they're putting into their music and, and the effort you know you can hear it in those box sets that uh, let you know that they're uh, they're human you know and they're working on stuff just like everybody else so it's pretty cool man and, well, and, you know Anything that's great has, has a lot of work behind it. So, well, as a as a fellow musician, the way that I look at it, it's like watching your kids grow. You know what I'm saying? It's like it's some I created this yeah. and watching it grow, and this is the finished product, and I'm very proud of it. So, and you should be because this is yeah. great stuff. So, again, Mark, I appreciate you uh, calling in and uh, talking with us here. And uh, again, I appreciate the time. Best of luck on the road. We'll talk another time. I hope to see you soon. And uh, again, uh, go check out dirtyhoney.com. Go find them out on the road. Go look for them. And uh, again, keep cranking out the tunes, man. Anytime you got it, you got a home for it right here. Thanks, man. We appreciate you. All right. Hang on the line just for a second. Here we go. This is Heartbreaker from Dirty Honey. Again, thanks a lot for calling in, Mark. Thank you. Crank it.
And there you have it, my friends. Dirty Honey and Heartbreaker. My thanks to singer Mark LaBelle for calling in and talking all about it. Again, you can find Dirty Honey, dirtyhoney.com. Look for them on social media. Opening for Guns N' Roses on their last two shows at the in Vegas at Caesars Palace at the Coliseum. Unbelievable. And then up and down the West Coast, including the Troubadour in Los Angeles. So, again, my thanks to Mark LaBelle. That, my friends, is Dirty Honey.